Hi everyone, I'm Stephanie, a mom to a Mito fighter. On our podcast, Energy in Action, we talk all things Mito, and I'm glad you're here to learn and to be part of our community. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Energy in Action. I'm your host, Stephanie, and it's my pleasure to be bringing to you a, a wonderful interview I had this week with Justin Kaiser. Justin is the dad to Riley Kaiser, and Riley is five years old and has a uh, rare of rare of the rarest forms of mitochondrial disease. And the Kaiser family was one of the families that MitoAction was able to grant a wish trip for to give kids the world. We were able to provide two trips this year for families who have children with mitochondrial disease. And I thought it would be fun to have Justin come on and tell everybody about their trip and just what it meant for them to be part of such a great opportunity for them. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I had recording it. Justin and I both felt we had a a great uh, je ne sais quoi between the two of us. And I hope you can you can tell just how much the both of us together being mito parents could really find strength in each other. I say all the time on this podcast, find your tribe, people, find your tribe. And never was that more apparent today when I found yet another person for my blanket fort in the Kaiser family. Hi, Justin. Thanks for joining us on the Energy in Action podcast. I'm really excited to tell your story today. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about you and your family? I'm really I'm excited to come on here and have this conversation with you. I'm thankful to Mito Action for all this thing. I'm thankful for this for this podcast that you have going on. My name is Justin Kaiser, my husband, father of four, and we kind of entered into the Mito family through my youngest daughter. She has a rare mitochondrial disorder called ECHS1. And that's something that she's been diagnosed with for, I'm going to say two, almost three years now. And it's been a, you know, it's, it's, it's been a journey. It's been a a definite journey with, with that disorder, that condition and, and learning more about it or learning as we go, because it's such a rare disorder. When she was diagnosed, was she diagnosed uh, on genetics or a muscle biopsy? That's always the curiosity in the mito world was, how did you get diagnosed? It was through genetics. Genetic markers showed up for this specific disorder. Obviously, that wasn't a, uh, even like most of us, myself included. My son is a de novo mito patient. Um, never in my wildest dreams 20 years ago, never even thought that part of my biology class from college would come to life on what is mitochondria and how does that work in my family. So were you guys had all prepared for this or was this, is this something that's in the family or is this just the, are you guys the one-off like we are, a whole bunch of us are? No, it's a, as far as I can tell, it's a one-off. You know, we actually, I guess I should have clarified uh, to begin, um, but Riley, our youngest daughter, she's, she's not biologically my daughter. Um, she is is my biological niece, actually, um, and we are in the process and almost finalizing the adoption of her and her older sister, um, Rachel. She's Riley's six and Rachel or Riley will be six in December and Rachel will be nine in December. So it's been a long process uh, going on a few years of the adoption process and, and you know, all of that different stuff. But. She was actually, um, she was born uh, addicted to certain substances. 
Um, and with that, you know, that's always the question of well, how much did that play into, uh, you know, was it something more environmental than it was hereditary? Um, so that's kind of the question that's always really going to be out there because you'll, you'll never really know. Um, but yeah, I think that it's more of just a one-off kind of thing. Um, you know, I don't know a lot about the biological, about Riley's biological father's family lineage. Um, I do know his parents and grandparents and there's no, um, there's no motto stuff going on with them. But other than that, you know, I'm, I'm not, we're not really sure. So yeah, I think that it's more than anything, it's just kind of a, a one-off thing. And to answer your question, as far as if, if we were kind of prepared for it, that's a gigantic hard no. <laughs> we we weren't. <laughs> that's a big no. Yeah, we weren't prepared in any kind of way. You know, it's one of those things that just to give a little background. Uh, when she, we didn't even notice anything was going on at all. We got custody, and and Riley's been with us since she was three months old. So, you know, she might as well. I mean, she was just fresh out of the womb. You know, we're the only mommy and daddy she's ever known. Mm-hmm. but we didn't start noticing anything until she started becoming mobile. Um, you know, actually, you know, getting into that, getting up and walking around stage and doing all of these, these different things, you know, getting on the go. And the first couple times, you know, we didn't even really think anything about it because with her disorder, this, the way that it affects her is she has these, these episodes of dystonia. She has these dystonic episodes that, she'll lose function of the left side of her body. She does have scarring on the right side of her brain. So, you know, it affects the motor skills of the left side of her body when she has these episodes. Um, And what these things do, what they look like, her left foot will turn in. You know, she won't really be able to put a a lot of weight on it and and walk. You know, it'll affect her left arm. She won't be able to grasp uh, her fine motor control on, on her left side will get really, really, really lax. And sometimes she, her, she'll lose trunk control. Um, you know, her head will, will fall back. Her face will droop. Her mouth and eye will droop almost like if, if you've seen a stroke victim and in their recovery, you know, like the after effects of a stroke victim is kind of what her dystonic episodes look like they happen pretty regularly but they come along like with fatigue and you know it's one of those things that the only treatment that we found she's she is on a a a seizure medication because she does also have an epileptic seizure disorder that goes along with the uh, echs1 but the the only thing, the only treatment that we've found that actually helps these dystonic episodes is rest. I mean, it just that's the only thing that helps. She has to, uh, you know, a nap. There's never been a time that she's having an episode, no matter how bad. And sometimes they are really, really bad. She turns into a giant newborn almost. Like, it's just, she has no control. I mean, you lose control of one side of your body. There's not a whole lot you can do. There's never been a time that she's had one of these episodes that we've put her down for a nap, that she's woken up with 
still having an episode. It always works every single time. It's almost like a, a reset of the brain and she's good to go. Wow, it's like a huge reset button gets hit. That's very interesting. I know with my mito kid, nothing, nothing, you know, no treatment, no, you know, but the rest, we, we just always say he has to sleep it out. Yeah. You know, and people look at me and I'm like, that's the only way to describe it. He just has to sleep it out or rest it off or whatever you want to call it. But that does seem to just rejuvenate or regenerate what's happening in their bodies to give them a fresh start again. Yeah. You know, it makes when you start looking at, you know, some of the science behind all of it, it, it makes sense. But, you know, when you're just when you're in the middle of it, it's it's one of those things that it's all trial and error. You know, it, it takes a while to figure out, okay, this is what works. This is what helps. And thank God, thank God she's getting to the age now to where she can feel these episodes coming on. She knows, you know, she'll, she'll tell you, you know, one of her big cues is she'll say, I can't walk. You know, she'll just, that's how you know it's coming on. And sometimes it'll be, you know, 15, 20 minutes, maybe a half hour before you actually see any physical effects of what's going on. And she'll say, I, ca I can't walk. And she'll, she knows now that, you know, I need to get somewhere. I need to sit down. I need to rest. And, you know, she's a still, she's a five-year-old kid. She loves to play. She's, she loves to play. She's super active when she's not having these episodes. You would never, ever, ever know that there's anything wrong at all. Because she's just, she's on the go, nonstop. She's just wide open. So. That's a great analogy, Justin. Wide open. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So when she is on the go like this, you know, there's often times that, you know, she doesn't want to quit playing. She doesn't want to leave the park with her friends. She doesn't want to miss out on some of these things. So, you know, it's one of those stubborn kind of things like I'm going to push through and push through as much as I can until, you know, she's getting to the point. I mean, she's, a, she's a kid. And for her, it's the frustration of this is what I want to do, but my body's not letting me, you know, I can't. And as a parent, that's the most heartbreaking thing that, that there is, is to, is to know that this is what your child wants to do but they just physically cannot do it at this time. Right. I know I always say that as a parent of one of these rare disease kiddos, you know, our first instinct is to be the band-aid of life, right? We just want to fix everything and just make sure their life is not painful or, or full of distraught and, and misery. And this is just something there is, there is no band-aid for. And you can, you can tell your five-year-old all day long, you know, you're going to have to rest or you're going to pay for this later. Yeah. And they're like, I'll pay later. And like you said, wide open they go. You know, you hit a, a key point right there is as a parent, you do want to be the Band-Aid for it. You're, you're the fixer. You know, there's nothing that comes up that you shouldn't be able to take care of. There's no injury, no pain, no nothing that you shouldn't be able to step in and, okay, here's a Band-Aid or, or here's some medicine. Here's this ointment. Here's this, you know, whatever to fix it. You know, even at, when they're really, really small. And they fall and they scrape their knee, you know, just a kiss on the knee and they're good to go. You know, that fixed it. You know, as a parent, you think that you should be able to fix everything. And with, you know, kids like ours, mm -hmm. you just, you can't. 
And that's heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. Sometimes I feel like I'm just a Band-Aid on a bullet hole. You know, it's like, this is, this is all I got, you know, to, to help you with. And it's just, it's so, you just, you just feel so useless. You know, you want to mitigate anything, any part of it. And you're just a Band-Aid on a bullet hole at this point. Yeah, there's nothing, there's literally. That's how I feel. That's how I feel too. You know, me and my wife talk a lot about, you know, how in times like it's exactly like you just said, you feel useless. I mean, you feel totally helpless when she has these really, really bad episodes to where, you know, she's her whole face is drawing or, or drooping and um, she can't get up off the couch and she has lost total trunk control and her head is leaned back against her shoulders and she can't keep her head up and her words are slurring. And she can't, you know, she can't focus on anything. And, you know, she tells you, I have to use the bathroom. I mean, that's, you know, it, it, that's one of those times that literally you feel like there should never be a time that I have to carry my 60 pound five year old into the bathroom. You know, that it's just dead weight and have to have two people to, help her on and off the toilet, help her do all these different things. And, you know, it, it is in, in the really hard times, that's when you feel the most helpless. And I mean, you know, you keep a positive mindset, of course, because I, you, you don't, you can't get through this without keeping a, a positive mindset, but, but that's why it's important to have people. That's why, you know, like to have my wife as my sounding board and vice versa, you know, to be able to talk through these things, you know, that's, that's extremely important because yes, this, dis- this disorder affects Riley obviously way more than it does anybody else. But as a family member, as a sibling, especially as a parent, you know, it affects you as well. You know, it affects every Every area of your life is affected by this disorder. I don't know, Justin. That's where I kind of find I, my parent wins when I'm feeling pretty down. I look at how my other two kids have have made it through having a sibling of 20 years like this. And what, you know, I always say all resources point to Ted, right? And it's not fair, but it's just how it goes. And my two daughters have been absolutely gracious with him. And like you said, we've been many times where we just got to modify, you know, pivot, do, and there they have just continuously just rolled with the program. And I always, in my mind, I'm like, well, I obviously did something right somewhere because look at these two exceptional humans. They're, they're doing the right thing. So kudos to us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's a, it's a great thing. And I mean, that's like me. I say all the time, I'm, I'm the world's biggest mess up. Um, if I'm doing it my way, it's never going to be right. I can't, I mean, bless her heart without my wife, I wouldn't even get through a day. I would have absolutely no idea. She's, she's my wife. She's my boss. She's my secretary. She's my business manager. She's, she's everything. I mean, I wouldn't, I would never make an appointment without her. I mean, it's that's just the way that it is. Wow, those are nice words to hear. Yeah, it's it's awesome to have the support system that that I have that Riley has. It's something extremely important. 
So your family applied to our our inaugural year of Give Kids the World wish trips, and we were so excited to be able to partner with Give Kids the World for 2022. And I think you were one of the first families to actually go. What was that experience like for you guys to find out you were you were trip winners, you were grantee, grantees of the wish? How was that? Like, what did you guys feel? What did you think? And then tell me about when you first got there, when you saw basically walking into a life-size version of Candyland. <laughs> yeah. Well, in short, if this was a one-word answer, amazing. It was all. I mean, there was not a single part about the entire experience that was not amazing. Starting back early on, my wife had told me that I don't even know how she came across it. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, because I know that we follow Mito Action and the things that are going on. I mean, you know, as a family, or as, as parents of a, a special needs child, as a, of a Mito child, you look for others out there, you know, to have that support system, to see and, and want to know, hey, I, we're we're not alone in this. There's other people going through this. Right. So, when this whole thing came about, you know, this, this give kids the world, this wish trip came about, you know, and it was the entry process. You know, that's what she told me. She said, I'm just going to, I'm going to put Riley's information in here, you know, and send it in. She said, I'm not really expecting anything out of it. She said, but you know, it would be something really cool if, if she were to win. And I said, well, yeah, great. You know, that's, that's amazing that there's organizations out there doing these things. And yeah, do it, you know, give it a shot. So she did, you know, she sent the entry in with uh, Riley's information. I think maybe even a, a picture possibly. I'm I'm not really sure. She like, again, I, she handles, she handles everything all the time, but you know, a little while went by and you know, I'd actually totally completely forgotten about it. You know, it was just a potential possible wish trip is not, you know, at the forefront of your mind, but the day that she was contacted by Mito Action and, and said, you know, hey, Riley has received an, or a nomination for this trip. You know, she she won. <laughs> um, <laughs> she called me and she was like in, you know, in tears, you know, talking about all this different stuff. And she was like, you know, uh, yeah, Riley won a trip to uh, Give Kids the World Resort. And, you know, she's going to be going back to Disney. And, you know, we had just went a few months prior and she loved it, had talked almost weekly about going back to Disney and all this different stuff. So I was like, well, you know, that's really, really awesome. That's excellent. You know, I'm so glad that, that she gets to do that. But then, and then automatically, you know, as a, as a father, husband, head of the household, I said, but you know, we're really going to have to start saving our money. You know, we're going to have to budget. We're going to have to do this. I said, because, you know, we're going to have to, to save up for this trip whenever we plan it, you know, for the rest of us. And she said, no, 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 it's, it's all paid for. I said, what? She said, it's everything. Everything is, is totally paid for. She said there it, it's airfare, you know, trip tickets to the parks, parking, lodging, everything is totally paid for. And I said, Monica, there's no way. I said, do they have any idea how big our family is? We're a family of six. <laughs> I said, so you're telling me they're going to spend out thousands and thousands of dollars on everything. She said, yeah, that's, that's what I'm telling you. So that, I mean, I was just, I was in shock. It blew my mind completely 
that, I mean, on the outside, you know, looking at these, these foundations, these organizations like Motto Action, like Give Kids the World, Make-A-Wish, you know, all of these different organizations out there, like on the outside looking in, you look at it and you think, man, this is really, really awesome for that child. You don't understand and realize what these organizations do for the rest of the family. That's something that I never, ever would have even thought about. But yeah, this, that trip to give kids the world village, you know, it wasn't just monumental and, and amazing for Riley. It was amazing for all of us. We all had a great time. You know, obviously she was at the forefront. She was leading the charge in everything that we did. You know, she was the centerpiece. But, you know, we all had a great time. Everybody there is a volunteer. And I think that's really important for people out there to hear is every single person. Now, look, this place is immaculately ran. There is, I, I didn't see a hiccup in anything. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner are provided. There are like carnival style rides. There's an entire pool slash water park kind of deal there. You know, they have so much there. It's literally like its own little city and it's all operated by volunteers and never missed a beat in anything. Trash taken, utilities taken care of inside the villas, you know, any anything that you need at any given time, it's right there at your fingertips and it's all volunteer, which to me was amazing. But anyway, we get there at two o'clock that morning. This this lady came in and met us, and uh, you know it was really late. She had, I think, my wife had actually called on the way in to let her know, "Hey, we've landed. We're coming in now." And the lady said, "Okay, you know, we'll be ready for you when when we get here." Well, we got there, and she had a couple pizzas waiting on us, and said, um, "I know you guys are probably starving. I know it's really really late or early or however you want to look at it." And uh, she came to the window of the car as we pulled in again. You know, we were just, we were tired. I mean, it had been a long, long, long evening. But <laughs> She came out and she looked in the back of the vehicle and she said, oh, you have two teenagers. I'll, I'll be right back. So she came out with two more pizzas. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So we got there. We went in the, we, she took us to our villa, uh, which was, the, the villas are phenomenal too. I mean, they, they really are. The way that they're set up. You know, it's like your own little house for the week. You know, plenty of space, plenty of room. Super, super, super clean. I mean, that's a huge thing. But we did our orientation, you know, 2.15, 2.30 that morning to, to start off our time there. In the week that we spent there, we went to each Disney park. We went to both Universal Parks. And we went to SeaWorld and didn't pay for a thing you know, other than souvenirs that we wanted or food in the side of the park that we wanted, you know, those things. But they give you, I mean, they give you passes for everything, parking, you know, you just pull up and, and show them, hey, I'm here with Give Kids the World. And, and that's, you know, they treat you like royalty, honestly. It's red carpet from that point on. It really is. It really is. I mean, you feel like. 
a rock star, <laughs> Riley especially did, because that's what these people, you know, they see this badge and, you know, that's another thing that I didn't realize. There's, there's so much. I could probably talk for hours to get into every detail of this trip and just how awesome it was all the way around. But you don't realize the care and the love and the compassion that's out there in the world for these kids until you see it. Here's one of these little God moments um, for me. You know, I told you we've never been on a vacation that she hasn't had these episodes. I'm pretty sure I'm almost positive. Maybe, maybe one time as we were leaving one of the parks, she had an episode, but I'm not sure that she had an episode that, or I actually, I'm almost positive. She did not have an episode that affected her day spent inside the park the entire time we were there. That's amazing. Yeah, it it really it really was. But everything about Give Kids the World, again, you know, the the parks were all great, you know, the people were all wonderful. You know, one of the great things that that I really picked up on and we've decided as a family, you know, we do go on vacation there for, you know, a few years in a row. We went to Florida almost every year. You know, sometimes not Orlando, sometimes St. Augustine or, you know, Palm Beach you know, all these different things. But for a span, we went almost every year. So I told, you know, me and my wife, after seeing this place and seeing how it operates and how it's ran and the smile on these kids' faces and the faces of the families, you know, I told her, I said, when we have to go back, we have to go back, you know, if not once a year, once every couple of years and, when we're on vacation, we have to take a couple days and go volunteer because one thing that was said by a volunteer there was, and this actually wasn't at give kids the world. This guy, we had, we had ran into him in line that morning. He was setting up for pictures with Mickey. Um, that's another thing they do. They bring characters there to give kids the world village and they take pictures and, and do all these little things, you know, with the kids so we were waiting in line for pictures with Mickey and he was standing there talking to Riley and, you know, talking to all of us. And uh, we actually seen him at the entrance to Universal a couple of days later. So as we came in, you know, he recognized the badge and then he recognized us. And he came up and he said, you remember me? I said, yeah, I do. I said, you were uh, you were volunteering at Give Kids the World the other day. You were with Mickey. Or I think I said something like you were part of Mickey's entourage. And he said, yeah, yeah, that was me. But yeah, I asked him when we were at the entrance of Universal, we were getting ready to go in. Uh, my wife and Riley had to use the bathroom before we went in. So my other kids and I were standing out there and I just, I bluntly and just came out and asked him. I said, man, I said, I want to, I want to ask you a question. And I hope that I'm not being too forward with it. I said, but you're a young guy. You know, this guy was probably early twenties, just a, a well-groomed, nice looking kid. I said, why, why are you doing what you're doing? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, why are you spending your time? I said, you're a good looking kid. You know, you're young. Orlando's a really, really big place. There's a whole lot to do. 
you know, why are you spending your time volunteering at a place like Give Kids the World? You know, why are you doing it? And he said, well, me, like so many other volunteers, I had a sister who I'm, I think that he said had MS, if I'm not mistaken. And she had had a trip through Give Kids the World when, or had went to Give Kids the World when they were quite a bit younger. So that inspired him and, you know, put a spark and a, a fire in him to go and volunteer. And he said, Justin, he said, I'm going to be totally honest with you. He said, watching my sister and all of her bad moments and then knowing how our trip was there and how she was so well taken care of and seeing a smile on her face every single day. He said, I decided that I wanted to see those smiles for the rest of my life. He said, because wow. there at that place, he said, no matter the disease, no matter the disorder, no matter the injury, no matter the condition, no matter how much pain that these kids are, are in, when they're at Give Kids the World, all that's gone, at least for a moment, all that's gone. And it's replaced by joy and smiling and fun and love. And he said, I, I want to be able to see that for, for the rest of my life. Wow. What an impact that made on a young man. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, his words, and, and this is just the way that I'm sure this place is, is so well-maintained and so well-ran because his words, along with the words and actions of everyone else there that we were in contact with had an impact on me, you know, had an impact on my wife, had an impact on my kids. You know, how many 14 or 16, 14 and eight year olds can you go to and say, Hey guys, the next time we go on vacation in Florida, uh, we're going to cut out a couple days of fun stuff and we're going to go volunteer at this place. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. We're we're definitely, yeah, we need to do that. Wow. So it made an it made an impact on the entire family. You know, to be able to see and to know that it's not it's not one volunteer working ten thousand hours, but it's ten thousand volunteers working one hour to make this place operate and run. When we originally started our partnership with Give Kids the World, I think one of the volunteer aspects that took me by absolute awe and is the the supply chain. Even that's volunteer. The guys who drive the trucks to bring in the supplies to support all of what happens there, the food, the laundry, all of that's volunteered from the corporations that support them. Yeah. It's like, so the world really hasn't flipped out. <laughs> There really is still some great things happening. Sometimes we just have to have to look a little bit harder. But man, it's there, isn't it? The good is still there. It is. And it's it's so important to not only see that, but to act on that as well. To use just like you know, to to use that as fuel to say, hey, you know what? We do need to do more. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to be able to volunteer and to be part of such an organization like this. It's um, we, like I said, we worked really hard to become a partner with them and we're thrilled when we were granted into their program because we just knew so many families that would have this 
this type of experience that that needed this huge kind of almost like an honoring of, you know, here you are, your whole family's there. How can we move you for the next seven days into just almost like a, like your own little bubble or capsule, if you will, of just have fun. Let's just try to get rid of the woes for just this week. Let's just do it. And they, they make it happen. They make it happen. They do. They really do. What do you think was Riley's favorite part? Well, Riley... It's like you. She loved the all-day ice cream. Being able to have ice cream for breakfast was a highlight of her entire life. <laughs> she, uh, That's my girl. Yeah, that's it. And, and that's the thing, too. You could, you could literally go to give, cut out all the parks, cut out you know, all the admission to all these different places that you have access to, and they just freely give to you, you could go and spend an entire week just at the resort, just at Give Kids the World Village and have a blast. I mean, have an absolutely wonderful time. So for her, a lot of her favorite parts of the entire trip was right there, you know, was right there inside the park, was being able to, you know, go see the Star Ferry and being able to, you know, put her name. Well, actually she just drew a little picture, I think on the star, but to be able to see it put up, you know, into the ceiling there at, at the, whatever that place is, the, the star castle or, or whatever it's called, but to be able to see her star go up there and, you know, be there. She's a part of that place for, you know, forever. Uh, so for her to be able to see that, you know, she, it was awesome. And to make her pillow, I think she's still, keeps her pillow around close to her, uh, just around home. But there's just so many little things that they do that, that I can't even begin to remember all of them. You know, I'm sure that I'm leaving out so much, but it's because it's literally because there's so much that is done there for these kids. But that was her favorite things were just these little things that you wouldn't think, you know, a whole lot about uh, the, the spa, you know, all the girls, went to the spa there one evening after we had eaten and, and got back, they went to the spa and she, she had a blast. She had a blast. She loved it, but she is an extremely impatient child and she doesn't like to sit still for any amount of time. So I think they were only able to paint like three of her fingernails and then she was done. It was time to go. <laughs> time to go. That's okay. That's Okay. Wow. Good for you guys. Well, Justin, I have enjoyed our conversation and hearing about your trip down to give kids the world. It just means so much to me to be able to be part of it and to know we were able to give your family that respite that you needed and this that time to kind of regroup. And And I love hearing that you guys want to go back and volunteer. That just, that was like an absolutely unintended outcome of, of this conversation for me. I never... Because I, I know once you're a Give the Kids the World family or you're part of the family, you can go back anytime. But to say that you guys want to go back and, and be part of it and give back, oh, that's it all right there for me, Justin. That, that made my day to hear that. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm, I'm really glad. One thing that I would really like to do, we have a, a gym here in the town that I live in. I've been in contact with the lady that runs the gym and... 
it's ran and, and it's owned and ran by a, a council member of the town. But I've been in contact with them to uh, set up a 5K here in town before weather gets really cold. You know, hopefully, if, if not, it might have to wait until the spring. But to set up like a, a, a Mito 5K or like a Mito Warrior 5K, the best way that I know how to show my appreciation is to join the fight, to jump in and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to help out these these kids too and their families. Well, we will welcome you into into the ring with us on this fight. Trust me, I, we will. And I say it's our tagline for the podcast is find your tribe. And once you find other people who have the like similarities of your situation that you're going through and, and the the need for to reconnect with others, like you just said, it's it's magical what can happen. It really is. I, you know, my son is 23. We were al- alone for a long time in the mito world because social media wasn't out there. So it was really hard to find others. And when I found mito action, that was truly the lifeline that I hung on to because I finally had found two other moms who knew my language. And that was all I needed. And it's just been full steam ahead ever since. Well, that's really, really, really awesome. It's really awesome to hear. And I commend you for for what you're doing, even just here with this podcast. This podcast is extremely important. So you should feel good about what you're doing, having these people come on here and talk about these situations, having family members come on and talk about, because again, this is a platform for people that are going through it, that are going through these things to come on, to sign into, listen to, and say, you know what? Hey, we're not alone in this. There are people going through these same things. So, I mean, you're giving people the platform to talk about it. You're, hosting this thing with experience in what you're talking about. It's just not like you're saying, Oh, well, Hey, I heard about this. So I'm going to start a podcast. No, you're passionate about it and you're doing what you're doing because you've lived it. You relate to it. You know what these other people are going through. You know what me and Riley and my family have all gone through. And so that's why this, to me, this is so important. And this entire conversation for me has been therapeutic. Same here. To be able to sit down and to speak with somebody that knows, that really knows what you're going through. That's, that's huge. So I commend you personally for what you're doing here. Thank you. And on behalf of my entire family, we thank you. We thank Motto Action. We thank Give Kids the World and all those out there that are struggling uh, and dealing with these disorders, with these conditions. We're with you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Justin. I just, boy, this is oh, another unintended outcome for this podcast. Well, this is, this is uh, not often am I speechless, though. This is amazing that you've. <laughs> You've said so many things that have been on my heart for a long time. I really appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you. Well, there you have it, everyone. Um, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Energy in Action. I, my conversation with Justin and hearing about his family's 
um, absolute wonderful adventure at Give Kids the World just filled my heart with so much joy today. Um, this is a tough week for my family. Um, it's the anniversary of uh, my husband's passing, and it's it's just it's just been tough. This whole this whole month has been tough, and it's, it was just wonderful to sit down with another family who understands the unspoken language of having a child with a rare disease and. It just did my heart so much, so much good to hear the amount of joy and happiness and delight that we brought to this family. And Justin just said it best when he said the entire time they were there, Riley didn't have any episodes that caused her to stop being part of the action. And I love when he said, you know, Riley just goes wide open and all kids should get to go wide open. So... I'm so thankful that we have the generous sponsors that we do who are able to help us provide these magical moments for our families. And I appreciate all of you tuning in and make sure to join us next week for more things all mito and rare disease. This is Stephanie, rare mom extraordinaire.